0: Welcome to the official podcast of the Sydney Cricket Ground. Each episode, we will be bringing to you interviews from sports teams, players, live events, plus reliving some of the ground's most historic moments. Subscribe now to make sure you don't miss an episode and let us know who you want to hear from next. So, Tracy, can you believe what the McGrath Foundation has become? Because, um, mm-hmm. look, I've been a reporter and known you for a long time, and uh, I remember the start. Mm.
1: No, I I can't. And I always go back to when um, Jane first asked me to start a little charity that she called the McGraw Foundation and would I do it with her? Um, And the sole reason then, Tim, was that she wanted to help families who were going through what she was going through, being diagnosed with breast cancer at 31 years old. But selfishly, for her and I, this was about coming together and spending time without the boys you know the cricketers, boys McGraw and Bevan and without our children because as women even when we catch up for lunch we'd still be clock watching so she said to me if we do this we don't have to feel guilty because wherever we are we're helping raise funds to support families going through breast cancer so that's what that's why we started it um but now you know I look back because we launched in 2005 and I look back at where we've come you know which is a long way and I know that even though she's not with me that she'd be enormously proud of what Australia's allowed us to do.
0: Oh absolutely and tell us about that friendship Mm. Um, because as you mentioned Michael Bevan was your husband, Glenn McGrath was her husband and they were both phenomenal cricketers with heavy schedules and you had this most organic friendship just Come yeah. to life.
1: Yeah. Um, so I moved to Australia in 1994, and I didn't meet Jane till 1996, and she's the new girlfriend of Glenn McGrath. But the awkward bit was I was still friends with his ex-girlfriend, <laughs> no, <that can> happen. <laughs> and she lived in Manly. So Glenn tells me about this English girl that he's met, and I'm saying, "Listen, Glenn, I'm still seeing your ex." And <laughs> And ah, he's like, cold. well, thanks for thinking of me while you're recruiting your new girlfriend. <laughs> and uh, he's, he was trying to entice me saying, Trace, the dad's got a chocolate shop, knowing that's one thing that I miss. So I'm like, Ooh, we'll stay strong, stay strong. <laughs> um, but what changed was we were at the airport and I remember the boys were going on tour and we're all stood there. And I remember what it was like to see you know, the one reason you lived in Australia, mm. go on tour all the time. And I remember how lonely that was. So I said to her, do you fancy a cup of tea? And she looked at me and she said, I thought you'd never ask. And that was it. We were always together either on tour, off tour. Um, we were like sisters um, sh- because we, she was born in Birmingham in the UK and I'm from Manchester, so not that far away from no. each other. Born in the same year, but I always like to remind her that she was three months older than me every year when her birthday changed, especially when she was 40. And I walked in going, oh, what's it feel like to be 40, Jane? And she turned around to me and looked at me. She went, great, Trace. Now, what does it feel like to look 40? And I was like, okay. That's (laughs) a good comeback. Yeah, so that's the type of friendship that we had. You know, we could say and do anything to you know with each other we'd tell each other even things we didn't tell our family or you know partners and we basically bonded because of the game of cricket and the life of living a cricket wife
0: i met jane a couple of times but i I wouldn't Mm. say i knew her Um, Mm -hmm. what type of person was she
1: absolutely beautiful really kind Um, I always say if you look at the Andrew Denton interview that Glenn and uh, Jane did you will see the Jane that I knew because publicly she was quite shy Mm. Um, and that's one of the things that she said when she started the McGrath Foundation was I will share my story which was difficult for her but if I can help one family then I'll do it Um, but she was If you knew her, she was so funny. All we ever did was laugh all the time. She's really creative, so (laughs) I'd give her a present and, you know, I just gift-wrapped it. And she'd make her own, you know, bows and make her own (laughs) gift labels. So mine always looked like, you know, the poor cousin. But, yeah, she's just a really beautiful, kind, thoughtful, funny lady. Brave, too. Incredibly brave. Really brave. And, you know, there was times there that publicly everyone would think that she's brave and obviously she was but she always liked to say as well that there were times that she was incredibly sad but what changed her and I'd see it all the time was on when she was diagnosed as soon as she in her own head worked out you know and answered all the questions that she needed answering she then would just go right okay and she'd just be like a warrior and just Head down, you know, bum up, and just do whatever it was that she needed to do to get through for the sake of not only herself but her family.
0: So when when her image comes up on the ground and yep. the lady stand becomes the Jane McGrath stand for the day, yeah. How do you feel? How does what, what what feelings are evoked inside of you And you see everyone in yeah. pink and you see all the smiling faces of the volunteers because everyone gets on board, don't they?
1: It's I always say that. Jane McGrath Day is my Christmas Day. So Christmas is all about the kids, obviously. Um, and this is my day. And I usually, well, you know, because I've usually been talking to you a lot of yes, the time. exactly. I come into the ground and very early and I'll walk into the middle of the um, field and I look back because of all the years that Jane and I used to, and the other wives and girlfriends, would sit in the ladies' stand. Mm. The first three rows were always reserved for us. And to see it named the Jane McGrath Stand, always makes me smile and I will never ever let Glenn, uh, Colin McGrath, um, every year I say to him so have you got anything named after you Glenn you know everything that you've done for Australian cricket and every year he goes nope m- shut up <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's one of those moments that I get pulled back in time to all the years that we sat there together, all the great times. And to see now the sea of pink, to see the cricketing community, you know, turn pink, not only supporting the McGrath Foundation, but families experiencing breast cancer and showing their support is incredible.
0: Well, what about the impact? Because you've got two daughters. Um, yeah. And you're very, what, what, what about the impact on this labour of love, mm-hmm. this very big thing mm. uh, that, that it's become, how much has it helped them do you think, your, your involvement in this
1: oh well I'm not too sure but I know from my perspective is that before Jane passed away I was incredibly lucky to spend a week with her because Glenn was at the IPL playing cricket mm. that was Jane who wanted that because she'd always said from being first diagnosed in 1997 when we were on Ash's tour and um she came to me with just a towel wrapped around her and at that time I didn't know what was going on but she asked for my opinion and took my hand and felt I felt like a, a lump on her breast and um, we looked at each other and we just held each other and cried and she went on to be diagnosed with breast cancer. And, you know, I just... I know it was really tough for her, but when she met what she called her angel, a breast care nurse that made the difference to her life, the reason why she started the McGrath Foundation. So for me, you know, I made that promise before she passed that no matter what happens, Mm. I will continue the work that she started. And I promised her until the day I see her again, that I will make sure as my role as ambassador and director, I will travel around Australia. Um, talking about why we started which is because of Jane's diagnosis um, and obviously 53 women a day are diagnosed with breast mm. cancer in Australia. So for me doing what I do is something that I made a promise to my mate so yeah. I do what I do because I have to do what I do. Yeah, and I think you're too too honored. modest,
0: but I, I could I could observe I think that what you're doing would be extraordinary for your two young daughters to see uh, what you're doing and it's such a great sense of loyalty and such a great sense of benevolence and the amount of money. But let's let's look at where it started because yeah. from an oak tree and acorn It all starts with the acorn, and it was very small, wasn't it? Just just a handful of breast care nurses.
1: Yeah. So, well, what happened is, as I said, Jane was on the ashes tour in nineteen ninety seven, found a lump, and uh, one of the other things that she noticed was that her breast had changed shape. So, equally as important, the McGrath Foundation is our breast care nurses, but it's about being breast aware, and we try and make sure that all women are uh, are checking their breasts because, as Jane said, she noticed hers had changed shape because she knew what was normal Mm. for her. So um, she wanted to help families, as I said, it wasn't until her breast ca- she met her breast care nurse when she was re-diagnosed in 2003, and she knew the difference that she made, because 97, no nurse, 2003 with a nurse, came to me, right, this is what we're going to do, mission was set, uh, every Australian family experiencing breast cancer will one day have the free support from a McGrath breast care nurse, and, um, and that's what we do, you know, and
0: so how many were... Th- it was just, there was just a few, wasn't there, at the start?
1: Well, while Jane was alive, mm. we had um, four. Okay. Now, it costs approximately $390,000 for one full-time nurse for three years' funding. Mm. Now, that might sound a lot, but what that means is we never look to put a breast care nurse into a community without we have that three years' funding put away, and we never look to take that breast care nurse out of the community. So although we had four and we currently have 135 I still like to tell everybody the fact that Jane wrote a letter to the then Prime Minister John Howard and she known that his wife had had breast cancer and she basically said please help me help the Australian public diagnose breast cancer by funding more nurses and uh, I never forget she rang me up one day and she said you're sitting down I said yeah, why? She said, Guess what? Remember that letter I wrote to Johnny? <laughs> I was like, on oh, first name terms. Of course. Yeah, <laughs> and I said, Yeah. And she said, uh, Well, he's just made an election promise that he will give us $12 million, which will be 30 McGraw breast care nurses. And I'm like, Sorry. She said, So you need to go on the vote, Johnny Howard campaign? I'm like, What? <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, anyway, long story short, The 30 nurses um, became 44 nurses when we did all the full-time equivalents because not every community needs a full-time breast care nurse. And that came to 44. We had four nurses in position and we were ready to place another two. So 135 nurses, but because of my mate, um, she funded the first 50 while she was here. So, yeah, we did only have four nurses, but she knew that we would get to 50. And she was so incredibly proud of that. And I'm just so proud of her, you know.
0: And every single... And I had, over the last 12 years, I had the opportunity to speak to a lot of those who are suffering from breast yep. cancer and, and their little angels. And they all describe yeah. their breast cancer nurse as something larger than life because they come in and take care of things which... Normally would be almost impossible when they've got to go through the treatment that they've got to go through, run a household.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing, Tim. The fact is that a diagnosis doesn't just impact the patient. It impacts the whole family. And I hear every single day that I'm travelling across Australia meeting those communities that support us. All lovely stories, sad stories, but everybody always wants to give me a hug because they obviously get what we're trying to do because they get that free support from a breast care nurse and I have husbands who'll you know break down and cry and say the minute that the McGrath breast care nurse walked in my shoulders dropped for the first time and I felt like I was I could relax because I knew my wife had some you know that support that she needed the support that he couldn't give her you know and um I just heard a beautiful story recently. I went to an event in October, which is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And they um, had this beautiful speaker. And she was only in her early 20s, but she'd recently lost her mom. Heartbreaking. But her story was of how her mother had had the support of a breast care nurse. And she said her mother was uh, a corporate lady, so traveled a lot. And one of the things that really stressed her mother out was that, you know, she would travel and even though she had her chemotherapy her breast care nurse would then coordinate her um, with her travel so would contact so she went to Brisbane she'd make contact with the McGrath breast care nurse in Brisbane give her background of her medical you know um, her diagnosis and what treatment she'd have so there was always that continuation of support um, of care so that might sound simple to somebody but that's the length that a breast care nurse goes to and you know to see that beautiful girl who'd lost her mother publicly thanked the McGrath Foundation because it also made a mother feel like she could go on with her life as normal you know continue with her job as she wanted to do but also the impact that had for the daughter too knowing that her mom was being taken care of.
0: And you have a great and acutely focused view of Rural and regional Australia. Yeah. Of course, Glenn's from yeah, um, Droughts and other things that need to put up with. Uh, the world doesn't stop for them, do they? That we still no. get women diagnosed, well, people diagnosed with breast cancer in those regional areas, which are often isolated, mm-hmm. and the breast care nurse. Goes to a whole new level.
1: That's right. As we know, breast cancer doesn't discriminate. So it doesn't care how old you are. Doesn't even doesn't matter if you're male or female, because 164 men a year are diagnosed mm. with breast cancer. And I've met many men who've been diagnosed with breast cancer. Doesn't care, you know, how old you are, what you know, where you live, um, and you know, we've got a breast care nurse with the Royal Flying Doctors. And that was something Jane didn't know about, but I know that she would be absolutely proud of that because her focus was rural and regional Australia because she heard that women in Northern Territory were not only going through what she was going through, but they would physically have to leave their family and travel to Melbourne and Adelaide for treatment. And she just could not comprehend that. To say, I know how tough this is. And to think that, you know, families in rural regions don't have that support. So our first, you know, well, 79% of our breast care nurses are currently in rural and regional Australia.
0: Yeah, which is fantastic. So the pink test, uh, yeah. it's nearly upon us. Yeah. And the, there's so much to it now, isn't mm. there? It, it's got a whole life of its own.
1: It has. Well, as you said earlier, to walk into the ground and see a sea of pink always makes me cry, but I just unbelievable what that you know, represents uh, the the power of pink and so much has been achieved this is our 12th test um, pink test but even to call it the pink test you know I, I see on TV the iconic pink test and I think oh who would have thought
0: it's you gone know, around the world Trace
1: exactly Ooh. I mean who would have thought that what was started you know in my house of the northern beaches and now is here at the pink test every year and what we What this platform allows us to achieve, you know, $7.9 million has been raised in the last 11 years Mm. just at this pink test. Um, And that allows us to continue funding our breast care nurses, but it also helps us try and close the gap because there's still... 120 communities around Australia who do not have access to a breast care nurse. So that's the thing. Yes, you see a sea of pink. Yes, there's, you know, bandanas. There's the boys give us their pink caps. They give us their shirts, um, which is absolutely amazing. But what that signifies is that we can do what we do, which is support families experiencing breast cancer through our breast care nurse program.
0: Have you seen some uh, things that you've never seen before? in people's kindness through this role that you've had right down to those that shake the the boxes at the at the front of the ground
1: oh yeah the volunteers the amount of volunteers that come during the pink test is unbelievable and they are so important because you know we need them around the ground shaking the tins and giving out our bandanas and um but there's, there's heavy corporates who give up their day and come and do that. You know, all walks of life are shaking those tins, and we are so grateful for that. It's amazing. But what <sighs> – and we can't do what we do without them. But, you know, all the bandanas, they, we sell out. We have to hold them back. And this year is going to be even more special because mm. we've got Ken Doan, who's – yeah he's designed one for us so now they're going to be collectibles and also and the first time you can go to pinktest.com.au and actually buy one online um yeah so there's lots of things that are happening at the ground and you know you don't need to beat the ground to support us because you can head to pinktest.com.au and obviously you can bid for one of the shirts one of the caps there's loads of ways that you can support us and uh, help us close that gap of the 120 nurses that are needed in those communities that don't have access to a nurse.
0: And everyone is, is in different levels of the economic scale. I love it when I just see a young kid flip a dollar coin in because every cent counts, doesn't it?
1: It's beautiful. You know, Glenn always likes to say it takes a real man to wear pink. <laughs> well, me and Joe used to laugh and say, yes, dear. Um, but It does, men are very proud to wear the color pink, especially at the ground. I remember Tim the first year we came. So, you know, there was five of us at the McGrath Foundation. We were all here at the ground. But um, because of the SCG Trust, because of, you know, Cricket Australia, we all got, it was like the McGrath Foundation, we formed it. It was friends getting together and saying, let's see what we can do. So we had these pink bandanas and we're all all walking around, you know, make a gold gold coin donation. And there was members who were like, no, not for me, not for me. I'm like, okay, you know, fine. And then what happened was this sea of pink just grew around the ground. And then I had (laughs) all the members who were not wanting the bandana coming to me, and bidding for them, giving me $100 for them, (laughs) and uh, just because they felt bad because they didn't have a pink bandana. Um, So, yeah, it's just, this is one of the best days On my calendar, obviously we do a lot throughout the calendar, but this is one of those days being in the world of cricket for as long as that Jane and I have, and obviously Glenn and Mike and the foundation. It's just one of those stages and platforms that makes us incredibly proud not only to work at the McGrath Foundation to, but to be Australian.
0: Kevin Costner's Field of Dreams has got a bit of that about it has not mm. build it and they will come and that's that's, right. that's exactly what's happened here. Uh, is there a magic number of breast care nurses uh, so there was four to start with Jane had that enormous impact the letter yep. to Prime Minister John Howard yep. and to the number where we are at now is there a magic number?
1: Yes yeah, so 135 we sit in the moment but there's 120 as I said so once we get a, another hundred fund another 120 nurses, then we've reached our mission, which is a little charity, you know. It started in 2005, so it's
0: like 255. Yeah, My maths, that's no right. maths has never but, been strong. W- but
1: what happens is the thing is that's right now, right now, and yeah. unfortunately, the number of diagnoses is rising. Mm. Now, I always like to look at the good part of that. Yes, 53 women are diagnosed with breast cancer every single day in Australia, but to me. I hope that that's because more women are checking the breast and more women are going to the doctor. And yes, if they're diagnosed with breast cancer, it's the early stages of breast cancer. And that's what we want, because the the statistic that I do like, if there's one that you can like with breast cancer, is if you're diagnosed in the early stages of breast cancer, by the five-year mark, survival rate is 93%. So, I mean, that's what we need people doing, you know, checking your breast and if you see any changes, go straight to your GP.
0: Which is great and it's, it's amazing to see mm. uh, the, um, you know, the survival rate mm-hmm. where it is now. But that doesn't diminish the work of the breast care nurses, does it? Because every no. single one uh, needs treatment and that's right. it's... It, it's difficult at times a lot of the time to go through that treatment.
1: It is and that's that's the whole reason we do what we do because even from Glenn's perspective that there was conversations because Jane wanted Glenn to continue playing cricket for Australia because she said the minute that you stop and you're there holding my hand while I'm having chemotherapy, breast cancer, has won because it's seeped into parts of my life that I can control. So I signed up for a cricketer and you're on tour and I'm either with you or I'm in the stands watching you. And what was great for Glenn was the fact that doing what Jane wanted him to do, and obviously the man who he was, you know, great bowler for Australia, he knew when he left her that she was in good hands with a breast care nurse. So that's the reason we exist. That's the reason why we won't stop until we get that magic number, which, as I said at the moment, is 120. But because of the number of diagnoses that are, in, are on the increase, um, that could rise too.
0: It's been great chatting with you, as always. Finally, I, like she was your great mate, you handcrafted the presents, and you went for that first cup of tea. What would she think now? Do you think if you could, if you could put your headspace and knowing the passion that she had. To make a difference for others while, uh, she, and, and towards the end, she knew what her destiny was.
1: Yeah. Yes, yeah, she did. Um, well, she, not until the last, because unfortunately, in 2006, she was re diagnosed and it went, mm. went to her brain, um, passed away in the 2008. But I know that what's happened since she's been gone. Um, As I said, we went from four to now 135 nurses. We've been able to support 75,000 Australian families, and Jane said if we can support one. So I know that she would be so proud, so proud of everyone who supported the McGrath Foundation especially you know Cricket Australia, the SCG Trust who still allow us to do what we do every year Um, you know it was Channel 9 for many years Channel 7 now, everybody plays a role the communities of Australia she would be enormously grateful because she knows the power and the impact a McGrath Breast Care nurse makes to her life but I also know she'd be whispering in my ear saying you know stop crying all the time and um, head down bum up because there's still one hundred and twenty to communities trace who don't have that support
0: what an amazing legacy she's left great work that you are doing congratulations on all of that thank you and uh, thanks for being on the scg podcast
1: thanks for having me